What's up, everyone? Adam Ronis here, along with Dan Malin. It is Annie Up, presented by the Sawdust Podcast Network and Fantasy Alarm. Dan, what's going on? We just finished watching an exciting Monday night football game. Rams beating the Bears 24-10. I loved the under on this game, and I wasn't disappointed. Uh, pretty much everything else I was disappointed in. Yeah, I think we're using the term exciting uh, pretty loosely, but this this was a football game that pretty much met expectations. I was actually pretty surprised it took until the end of the first half just to see the first sack of the game from either team. Uh, really liked what I saw from Daryl Henderson. I know, you know, just 64 yards on 15 carries isn't great, but I do like that he got most of the work. I've been kind of touting him as the guy to own in, in Los Angeles. Tough matchup. I wasn't expecting him to have a great game by any means, but loved the workload. Overall, I mean, we were talking about before the podcast, who do we give the MVP award to? And it might go to Johnny Hecker just because he had five punts down inside the five-yard line. But this was... This was ugly. Foles looked bad. Could not get it going to Allen Robinson, uh, even when they were down three scores and desperately needed to. It was it was just a bad game, and you're kind of wondering how the Bears even have five wins. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. I've been saying it for weeks. I can't believe this team came in five and one. They're now five and two, which is still an excellent record, but it's just perplexing because this offense. Against the solid Rams defense. I've been saying I really don't know how good the Rams are because mm -hmm. prior to this game, they had four wins all against the NFC East. So we really haven't seen them tested. I think they're okay. Uh, defensively, they're fine. Offensively, they have the pieces, but I don't know. They just feel like they're conservative. Uh, you mentioned Henderson getting more touches tonight. We did see an impressive touchdown run uh, by Malcolm Brown, or close to it as he was carrying the pile there. Uh, and then he finally got in, and that's one that of the That was issues. one of the longest pushes right? I've ever seen. I couldn't like, believe they, the whistle wasn't blown. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, was, are they just going to wait it until looked, he gets because, into the stands? Yeah, it looked like his forward progress was stopped maybe twice, and they still didn't blow the play dead, and like they just allowed him to get pushed into the end zone. I was, I was kind of baffled by that one. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and people uh, definitely uh, tilting over Cam Akers. Uh, no carries tonight. The one he did get called back due to a penalty. Yeah. I don't even know what to say anymore. He is a guy that I did draft, you know, fifth, sixth round. I've been holding on to him, uh, but it's getting difficult uh, because we heard McVay, was it a week or two ago? Yeah, we're, we're going to expand his role. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, they've decreased his role. So, right. I mean, is he someone that is it time to move on with him? I, I feel like that depends on your record. Like if you need to make a move, if you're sitting at, uh, what are we, week seven? So two and five, one and six. You know, yeah, like he's probably a guy you can probably drop. If you're in a good spot where you can continue to hold him, I'd be okay doing that. I am holding him in two leagues, but I am sitting comfortably at like five and two in one league and I think six and one in another one. So I, I totally understand if people want to drop him. I was fielding questions all weekend long in the Fantasy Alarm uh, NFL seasonal chat about whether they should drop him. I was telling people that it's it's totally up to them, but I would hold him because we know what the upside is. But at the same time, I'm also a Daryl Henderson guy, so I'm kind of – you know, sitting on the fence and, and not really helping people out too much. Um, I would hold him, uh, but I understand like the, the argument is growing more and more every week that he can be dropped. And when Sean McVay is not giving him any snaps, any carries, he's leaning on Henderson and Brown. It's looking like this is a guy that we could possibly just let go. Yeah. And then everyone knows, okay, once that happens, one of those backs goes down and he steps exactly. into a bigger role because we see, look, look at this past week alone, Gio Bernard, Stepping into a big role, getting it done. Jamal Williams stepping into a bigger role and gets the job done. So that's mm -hmm. the thing. And the other point you made, which I think is very important, 
and I always bring up to people is a lot depends on your record right now. Yeah. I was doing the fantasy alarm show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on Monday. Someone calls in. He's like, I'm one in six. I want to make this trade. He was trading for Michael Thomas and David Johnson. <laughs> oh, my God. David Johnson's on a bye. If you're one in six, it's all about week eight. You yeah. cannot even think about week nine. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes when you think it's common sense. Hey, but then again, that's why we're here, right? We're here to answer and help people out. But everything is about record at this point. So, yes, if you're six and one, five and two and you have enough room on your bench, yeah, you can wait another week or so for acres and you never know what could happen. So that's very important. Uh, really yeah, not much sure. else to take away from this game tonight. I mean, Allen Robinson did uh, leave with a concussion. They're checking him for a concussion late in the game. Uh, as we discussed briefly, the referees and people upstairs were essentially saying, yeah, go check, get checked out. Robinson didn't want to leave. His right. head got slammed to the turf. So it's always tricky with concussions. They do have a short week. I'm crossing my fingers hoping he can play as I have a lot of Allen Robinson. Although it was inexplicable tonight. Four targets. He caught, caught all four for 70 yards. They finally down 21 in the fourth quarter. Go, you know what? Now's a good time to throw a deep to Robinson. And he catches a 42-yard pass. And I know people are going to say, well, it was Jalen Ramsey. No, if you watched, Ramsey was not on him all the time. And if I'm running the Bears offense, I'm be like, look, Ramsey's not on Allen Robinson. Go target him. But no, instead, Nick Foles has to cover, uh, go for Darnell Mooney in the end zone with double coverage. What's your read on David Montgomery the rest of the season? Like, tough matchup next week against the Saints. But following that, he's got Tennessee, Minnesota, then a bye. Then Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. You know, like, Montgomery's that kind of guy where it's like if you need three yards, he can get you three yards. But then if you need five or six yards, he's still only going to get you three yards. But the schedule is actually really tempting uh, against teams that aren't very good against opposing running backs. But at the same time, you know, we can talk about schedule all we want, but this is a guy that, He's, he's big. He's not fast. He may be difficult to bring down, but he he just – we always think like it's a David Montgomery-like huge game, and it just never comes to fruition. Uh, here's what I'll say about David Montgomery. I don't think he's good, but the bottom line is he gets volume. That's and, true. And since Tariq Cohen went he's down – He's passing work. Yes, and yeah. that's really – look look at the last three games. Seven for 30, four for 39, five for 21. So, yeah, he's not going anywhere. When he catches them, but he's got 16 receptions over the last three games. And yes, the yardage is not there at all. Oh my, I didn't even, I don't have him anywhere. I didn't realize how bad it is. <laughs> 48, 50, 29, yep. 27. Now one was against Tampa. No one runs on Tampa. He did score against them on the ground. Uh, Carolina, I don't, you average 3.1 yards per carry against Carolina. Only Kenyon Drake does that. So yeah, it is kind of bad right now. So look, Here's what I would say. If you're really struggling at the running back position, it's hard to buy in any running back. But I think you might be able to pry Montgomery away for cheap. And there's not a huge ceiling, but you're looking at 10 to 14 points a week. And mm -hmm. that's it's stable. Right. I mean, considering the state of the running back position, it's not bad. But I, I would feel dirty doing it because I, I just don't think he's that good. When you watch him play, like there's nothing that stands out at all. Yeah, his vision is pretty bad. Can't really read it that well. And at the same time, like, he may be tough to bring down, but at the same time, it's not hard getting to him. So I, I agree he might be an okay, you know, buy option right now based on the schedule. But I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't think he's very good. It, it, it's, it's risky, but he does have fantasy value in PPR formats. Yeah, Matt Nagy just uh, doing a poor job. I mean, they were near the goal line. Jimmy Graham's not even in. He's one of their best targets. I, just this whole team, it's just complexing. 
Mm. Uh, the only guy that I really want to play is Allen Robinson and, yep. and Montgomery just for the usage. That's it. And as far as the Rams, uh, you know, receivers usually are fine. You know, Robert Woods, I knew he was going to have a quiet game tonight. Uh, Cooper Cup had the better matchup. Both were underwhelming. And uh, Gerald Everett came through with a touchdown as Tyler Higby was inactive due to that hand issue, which I thought I thought it was surprising because I think he was listed as questionable. And I believe he practiced on Saturday. So when I saw that today, not that I care, I don't have him anywhere, but I was kind of surprised he was inactive. Was Were you? Uh, a little bit. Um, I actually didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. And then when I saw Gerald Everett, when I saw that Higby was out in – because I had Gerald Everett in all three of my showdown lineups and I saw Higby was inactive. And I'm like, well, this sucks because everyone's just going to go to Gerald Everett now because he's he's not like a like a kept secret. But it's just like everyone knows, like before Tyler Higby went off last year, when Gerald Everett was involved in the office, he was getting a lot of rub. He was getting a lot of looks and he was useful in the Rams offense. And then towards the end of last year, when he got hurt, Tyler Higby took off. But I've always kind of subscribe to the theory that I like Everett a little bit more than Higby. Are you in that camp or you think that there are just too many mouths to feed in this offense? I really didn't love either. What I don't understand about Higby, though, you could say what you want, but this guy went on a torrid stretch last year mm-hmm. that you don't see from any tight end. So that was something I was battling. So like early in the draft season, like I'm talking April, May, and June, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take Higby. And then as I thought about it, I said, I, I don't know. I have concerns because – Everett was someone that McVay had talked up and they like to use a lot of two tight end sets. And then I did, I might've, I might have Higby in a best ball or two, but I don't have him in any redraft leagues because of his price. But it's just, it's still stunning to me that they've kind of just completely gone away from, he had what the three touchdown game. Was that against Philly? I thought it was against Buffalo, but was it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that the come, the comeback game, right? It was 35, 32 that they were down big. Okay. Yeah. And then, he's kind of disappeared. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very strange uh, what went on with Higby because you could say, well, you know, Everett was ahead of him and now Everett's healthy. You just don't see tight ends put up the numbers that he did for that stretch. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're just seeing once again that, you know, the tight end position just isn't as deep as, as we all thought it might be coming into draft year. We do this. Yeah, every we do, damn we do year. this to ourselves every year and every year we're sorely disappointed. It's Kelsey, it's Kittle, it's Waller. And then it's, you know, you're just trying to hope. Hopefully, you find something off waivers, but it's it's another disappointment once again. Yeah, it's finding someone every week. Although uh, someone who's been relatively consistent is T.J. Hawkinson. Now he has been very touchdown dependent. I think in last week he had like two for sixteen in the touchdown, and then obviously had the touchdown late uh, against Atlanta. Uh, but he has actually, I think he has at least nine points in PPR formats every week. John o. Smith was looking to be that guy. Got hurt two weeks ago, and then this week against Pittsburgh, we didn't really see him. And that's the nature of the tight end position. You're just going to have down games. Even Travis Kelsey, three for 31. And that was a different story. That was the Chiefs defense and special teams took over. But we're going to talk about week seven. We'll do that right after a word from our sponsor. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. 
Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, talking week seven, and obviously Sunday night was just such a thrilling game. I mean, the complete antithesis of what we saw Monday night, Arizona beating Seattle 37-34 in overtime. Two great quarterbacks going at it, although Russell Wilson uncharacteristically with three interceptions, still had 388, three touchdowns, also rushed for 84 yards. That led the team. Kyler Murray, once again, 360 passing yards, three touchdowns, 67 rushing yards. Both quarterbacks led their team in rushing. Murray also <laughs> added a rushing touchdown. Uh, you know, can Murray finish as the QB one? I actually think he could. Uh, if you just because I'm of the mindset that the Cardinals are always playing either up or down to their opponent, and no matter what, like Murray's always going to be involved with obviously the passing game. He's the quarterback, but he's he's always going to be running. He's really good at scrambling. You know, he's very quick and elusive. He's he's hard to really bring down. <laughs> Worry a little bit about the accuracy. It's, it feels like sometimes he's you know drastically overthrowing some of his receivers. But at the same time, like the volume is there for him in so many different ways because he's so versatile. And uh, you know the Cardinals' defense, they made improvements in the offseason, but it's just still not very good. It's kind of like what we were expecting from the Cowboys earlier in the year with Dak. Like the defense was so bad that the Cowboys were going to be getting into shootouts and competing almost every single game. That still holds holds true. Uh, for Arizona in my mind, if you look at the quarterback landscape, you know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing less. Uh, I want to say in four or five games this year, he has 32 or fewer pass attempts. And I think in all of those games, three of the last four, less than 30. Yeah. And I think in, in every game where he has fewer than 32 pass attempts, he has less than 250 passing yards and Lamar Jackson's had a sluggish start, you know, so it's on the table for Kyler Murray to finish his QB one. It, it, it'll be either him or Russell Wilson. And for me, I'll take Murray uh, mostly because I have so many shares of him and I just want, I'll speak it into uh, existence if I need to. I didn't get one. And you know, one of my, I, I always wait on the quarterback and I think I got a little too greedy with that this year. Like in best ball, I did, I did get some Dak and Russell Wilson. Cause it was like the seventh round. And I should have realized, hey, like, um, it's still you could have gotten Murray in the fifth or sixth, and yeah. that's a fair price. So, and these running quarterbacks were more expensive than years past. Like, you know, who there was really, I mean, Josh Allen, and we've seen some deficiency in him. He was mm-hmm. still going in the seventh, eighth round. All these running quarterbacks, Russ Wilson, Dak Prescott, they all got pushed up, but not at an absurd level. We're not talking first, second, third round like Lamar Mahomes. So I didn't get any. In redraft leagues, I have no Kyler Murray, no Russell Wilson, no Dak Prescott. Um, have picked up, you know, Justin Herbert off the wave of wire. But then, you know, I, I got some Tom Brady. Uh, so I, I mix it and match. And I had Wentz. I cut him in a couple leagues. That looks bad right now because now all of a sudden he's playing well again. So 
it's just a nice, it must be for you, a nice comfort level having Kyler Murray up, just play him every week. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good lock and, lock and load play. Like in my two quarterback league, I actually had Dak and Kyler. Uh, lost Dak, unfortunately, but luckily Ryan Tannehill's my backup. And so like he's he's serviceable. I'm, I just have faith that he can finish as top 12. But in every league that I own Kyler, Kyler Murray, it's it's very comforting. It's like going to bed at night with just a, like a nice warm blanket and a bedtime story. A little worried next week. I got to work waivers just because Arizona's on bye. And I feel like this is a really bad time for Arizona to go on you know, their bye week just because Kenyon Drake, after his MRI today, he has some damaged ligaments in his ankle and he's going to miss several games. Uh, great news for Chase Edmonds. Uh, I think he's a league winner if he's available still on your waiver wire. I would love to see them get into action and get him going next week. Uh, but I can wait two weeks. Uh, definitely sucks for Drake owners, especially after he finally broke out a week ago on Monday night. Uh, but this this is huge for Chase Edmonds. I absolutely I'll, I do the waiver column every Tuesday if Chase Edmonds is available. And I apologize if, if, if this is like cutting into another segment. But Chase Edmonds is, is probably like the grab off waivers this week. And in some leagues where I have fab, I'm ready to go upwards of 40 to 45 percent to spend on him. I might even go higher. I will tell you this, though. In my leagues, he is not available. I drafted him in at least six or seven leagues. I have Drake in three leagues. I have Edmonds in all of them. And it's been a nightmare the last few weeks because I'm trying to figure out, oh, who do I start? And the yeah. week that Drake had his big game, he was on my damn bench because I played Edmonds. You know, and the game script when, you know, I look, I'm a Cowboys fan. We'll get into them. I didn't see them getting blown out. And once they went up big, that's it. Edmonds got scripted out. Uh, this week, I played Drake, and, you know, again, I didn't foresee him getting hurt late. It sucks. I don't want to see any player get hurt, but I don't know why Arizona didn't make this change sooner. I mean, Evans just has more juice. He's more explosive. He's better in a passing game. You know, Drake, Even against the Cowboys, Drake wasn't impressive. He had the 69-yard yeah. run late when the defense already packed up their bags and went into the locker room. He had a one-yard run. I mean, he just wasn't impressive. So, Edmonds definitely uh, – and, and this could be – you know, four, five, six weeks for Drake. I mean, when he left the field, you know, he looked to be in pain. He had a towel over his head uh, and ligament damage doesn't sound good. I know they're characterizing it as a high ankle sprain, but uh, I think Edmonds can just flourish in this offense. Yes, Kylo Murray will get some goal line carries, but Edmonds is just going to be, he has at least five receptions in three of the last four games. So I'm really excited to see him. Uh, Christian Kirk, two touchdowns. He's getting more involved. Is he someone that's in the wide receiver three conversation every week because of this offense? I know against the Cowboys, you only had three targets and the two touchdowns. That was a blowout. Murray only had nine completions. But do we have a, a level of trust with Christian Kirk or still some skepticism? I mean, I have a certain level of trust with him because in a lot of my deeper leagues, especially the fantasy alarm staff league where my team is an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, he is he's emerged as my wide receiver one right now. Um, but I mean, if we're looking <sighs> It, it is tough to gauge just because the volume is always going to go to DeAndre Hopkins, but Kirk has showcased that deep play um, upside that we all love. You know, he's, he's, he's getting touchdowns. So I'm ready to slot him in as a top 30 wide receiver. I would love to qualify him as a top 24 wide receiver, which would make him a wide receiver too regularly every week. He's not there yet, but I mean, he's obviously going to be a borderline flex play for a lot of people. And, and given the matchup, uh, uh, he, yeah, I would, I would qualify him as possibly a top 24 play given the matchup, but I mean, you have to entertain the idea of using him as a flex play. Um, it, the upside is there and 
Yeah, God, I, I I love him a lot. I really need to like keep my expectations and my emotions in check, just because I've been waiting on uh, for the Kirk breakout. I haven't included him in uh, too many waiver pieces, uh, but you know now his ownership is spiking. So, uh, top thirty wide receiver, wide receiver three easily for me. Forty uh, nine is dealing with some injuries. Jeff Wilson, who had oh, a three touchdown week, uh, he is going to go on injured reserve. They expect him to miss a month. With a high ankle sprain, uh, Jarek McKinnon apparently getting the NBA treatment with load management. Um, did, that came out of nowhere, but okay. Came out after the game, too, yeah, which was the I know. Look, part. here's the thing is, I don't expect coaches to say everything, but why was McKinnon active then? Right, yep. You know, like, just say, you know what, we're going to run. I, I don't know. It was very strange. And I'm someone who only played, I have McKinnon a few leagues. I only played him in one, so I'm not personal complaining. I understand for other people, and... When I was ranking the uh, running backs this week, I had McKinnon like 23, 24. I had Jamal Williams far ahead of him, Gio ahead of him. But you get to a point, trust me, I do the rankings every week. Once you get to running back like 25, you're like, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> a bunch of backups here, and especially with bye weeks and injuries. So I'm like, all right, I'll put McKinnon here. Yeah, he wasn't involved last week, but you know he should get most of it. I mean, I kind of knew Wilson would be active, but we saw Wilson active a couple weeks ago with McKinnon. The week, Wilson had that two-touchdown game, and then the next week he barely did anything. It was all McKinnon. So, all right, so now Wilson's out. We got to think McKinnon. No one's going to play McKinnon next week when he goes off and, and gets 18 touches. Jermichael Hasty looked good on his limited touches. We don't know if Tevin Coleman's going to be back. So I, I guess you got to pick up Hasty if he's still available, right? I did know in the uh, the upcoming waiver column, you know, you have to pick up Hasty if he's available. Um, there are other guys that I like, but I mean, if if you're in a deeper league and this is the only option that you really have, like, yes, you have to pick up Jamichael Hasty because he has looked good in 18 carries over his last two games for 94 yards. Uh, Tevin Coleman is getting closer to coming back. Uh, we're recording this Monday night, so we have no idea if he's going to play Sunday. You know, that's something you have to follow with practice reports. Um but this is ultimately a backfield that I'm trying to avoid, whether I even drafted Raheem Mostert or if, you know, I'm a Jerick McKinnon owner, Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, Michael Hasty. Like they're between the injuries and just like the revolving door of who's getting the touches. You know, this has become like the new New England Patriots backfield in the NFL. Like the Patriots are a dumpster fire. You don't need to really roster anybody over there. So if we're going to pick a part and complain about a new backfield, it's this one. And I don't really want any part of this backfield. But I do agree. Hasty needs to be picked up because he's looked good in, in what minimal work he has had. Who would have thought that we would be talking about the Patriots here heading into week eight? And you're saying you want none of them. And <laughs> I can't really argue with you. You know, Julian Edelman was someone I didn't want any part of this year. And then I watched him in week two against Seattle and go, ooh, maybe I was wrong. Well, no. Uh, every week he drops in my rankings. I think I had him like 46, that wide receiver this week. Uh, so now he'll be outside the top 50. Cam Newton, I have him in one league. and So here's what happened. So I drafted Stafford. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't have any Cam Newton. You know, what if it works out? You know, it's all comes down to his running ability. So I'm like, oh, let me draft him, see what happens. And I was starting him for the first few weeks. I said, wow, this is great. Then I think it was week was it week five. I think the Lions were on buying week five and Cam had COVID. So I'm like, damn, now I got to go oh. get a quarterback. So I oh. went to get Justin Herbert. <laughs> so now I'm just going to roll with Herbert. I played yeah, Herbert. Might as well. I played Herbert over Stafford this week because I was very I was even though that game looked so appealing on paper and I had Stafford nine Herbert eight and mm -hmm. I had to make that decision I'm like man Herbert's gonna go off against Jacksonville Stafford could 
But it's the Lions, man. They get conservative. They feed Adrian Peterson. What if this is not a big week for Stafford? And unfortunately, I was kind of right, man. One damn touchdown. That game, Kenny Galladay was making play after play in tight coverage. You know what the weakness is, and they're still giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. I, Matt Patricia in Detroit is just it's it's insane. And we complain about coaches a lot, but there are things that you see that just boggle your mind. You'd also think that, like, you know, he has to feel like his seat is getting pretty warm. And and they've won two straight games. They're sitting at three and three right now. But that's also because they've gotten DeAndre Swift more involved. And so I was always of the mindset that as the seat got hotter, he would start featuring the rookie more. It is a little annoying that Adrian Peterson keeps getting work. You'd love to see them just, like, ride the wave of DeAndre Swift because, you know, that's a Cadillac and they're just not using it like he like he is one. And, uh, yeah, they get way too conservative. They They get way too soft at times. Uh, I made the mistake of recommending Stafford over Herbert to, to quite a few people. And hand up, I will own that one. That was a whiff I, on my look, part. I, no, I can't, I can't crush you for that, um, you know, because it was a great matchup. If you can't play Stafford against Atlanta, then what are you going <laughs> to play him? Right. I just, I just, I had that decision. I was like, I just trusted Herbert more. It sounds crazy, a rookie, but it was Jacksonville. He just looked so good, even in tough matchups. I mean, he put up points against Tampa. So I don't think that's a terrible mistake. I know a lot of people will say, well, Herbert put up this many points. How can you criticize someone for recommending Stafford? I just had this inclination. I'm like, man, this might not work out, which is why I same thing in DFS. You know, I had the discussion with Howard Bender last week in a fantasy alarm show. I said, Herbert is my favorite quarterback uh, if I was going to stack. Now, the stack didn't work because it was I had Keenan Allen with Hunter Henry and Henry didn't work out. Allen was fine. Uh, he just kept throwing at everyone else. But I just... This this Detroit coaching staff worries the hell out of me, and I'm concerned. Like, when am I going to use Stafford certain weeks? Because they just don't let him throw enough. I mean, this was this was a game against Atlanta. Their weakness is against the pass, and you don't let him go out there. It takes until oh well, we got a minute left. We have to march down the field, and you saw what he did. So yeah. it just it was it made sense. But like, I know some people might have been like, oh, Stafford's six quarterback side. I was like, I can't do it. I just can't. Um, still was a QB one, so it wasn't terrible. Seahawks, uh, running back situation. So Chris Carson, midfoot sprain. They're saying he's week to week. There was a report saying he could be back quick. He plays through injuries, and he does. Carlos Hyde, pickup, right? He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Travis Homer dealing with a knee issue. I mean, maybe it's the rookie DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas, yeah, he might be the only one. Uh, yeah, this. This one's going to take some editing in the waiver column only because I haven't uh, updated it. It hasn't been published yet either, but I haven't updated it following Carlos Hyde's hamstring issue. This is a bit of a mess. Um, It's slowly becoming a backfield that I don't want to really target for this week. Uh, I am a Chris Carson owner. Uh, Mild foot foot sprain does suck. Um, Obviously, anticipating they don't miss the game was going to recommend Carlos Hyde as an easy pickup. I mean, this is this is a guy that ran for over a thousand yards last year behind Houston's awful offensive line. So you'd think that he could just be able to come in and get 15 carries, and and that's playable in a flex in fantasy football. Uh, but honestly, like if Carlos Hyde's hurt and Homer's hurt, like I don't know if I really want to trust DJ Dallas. Uh, you know, I know San Francisco's defense is pretty beat up, uh, but. They're still performing at a pretty respectable level. I know they shut down New England last week, and New England's a dumpster fire. Like, they're my own team, and I even admit it. But I don't really know if I really want to trust any Seattle running backs this week. Like, even if Carlos Hyde is somehow 
uh, active. Like hamstring injuries, like that's that's something that they either linger or they just come back if, if you tweak them the right way. So it's like if you pick him up, there's obvious risk. And so I might just try to stay away from the Seattle backfield this week. All right, let's preview your waiver wire column real quick. We'll run through one player at each position. Uh, quarterback, you mentioned you're a Kyler Murray owner. Probably going to have to stream a quarterback this week. Who do you like? Teddy Bridgewater, easily. Uh, it's the Thursday night game. It's a short week. I know we usually, I personally try to avoid playing uh, fancy football players. Like, I don't want to target or have much exposure to that game. Uh, but, you know, this is a week where we're going to have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, you got to start your studs in this matchup. Uh, his last time out against the Falcons, he completed 75% of his passes for over 300 yards and a pair of touchdowns. You know, in a four-point per passing touchdown league, you know, that's 20 points. If he can even come close to replicating that and you're a Kyler Murray owner, you'll take Teddy Bridgewater as a streamer this week. All right, we touched upon a couple of running backs. Uh, how about wide receiver? Who do you like a receiver this week? Receiver, my the wide receiver to grab is going to be Brandon Ayuk. If you are a Odell Beckham Jr. owner and you need an obvious replacement, uh, Brandon Ayuk is the guy that I want to target. He benefits a lot from Debo Samuel's most recent injury, with Samuel likely out a couple weeks. Ayuk could easily see seven to eight targets as the season carries on. On Sunday against New England, he caught six of seven for 115. Um, he's also found the end zone three times this year. I know two of those were uh, via the ground game, but I mean, like we just talked about how awful and inconsistent and hard to predict this, this San Francisco backfield is what's to stop Kyle Shanahan from giving Ayuk three, two to three carries a game. And maybe on a jet sweep, he finds the end zone again. So Ayuk is definitely the wide receiver. I want to get on waivers this week. And a tight end. <sighs> this one is tough. I'd say short term, if you need a quick play uh, following up on the Odell Beckham injury, Harrison Bryant in Cleveland is a guy that I really like to target. But also, I don't want if if you're in a deeper league or if you just need uh, a guy in a good matchup, Richard Rodgers is a guy that really intrigues me at tight end. You know, the Eagles are still going to be without Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz this week. We saw Rodgers get eight targets last Thursday against the Giants. I think, you know, when it comes time for waivers on Tuesdays, people forget about the players that kind of break out or have good games in the Thursday night games five days earlier. Uh, if written with uh, Carson Wentz still needing some playmakers. I know Jalen Rager is eligible to come off IR. I'm not exactly sure he plays this week. I could see Richard Rodgers in a good matchup uh, being able to put up some decent, respectable fantasy points against Dallas. For the rest of the waiver wire pickups, make sure you check out Dan's column, fantasyalarm.com. Dan, always good to get to do this with you. We do it once in a while, a fun time, it flies by. And I also want to thank producer Shannon Blunt for Dan, it is Adam Rose, and we will see you next time.